field. And it's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. Red Sox beat here on CLNS Radio. Another week, it's All-Star Break Week edition here on the show. Of course, it's brought to you by Blue Apron and SeatGeek. Blue Apron, of course, check it out, blueapron.com slash Red Sox beat. Uh, and you're going to get three meals with free shipping for your first order. And, of course, SeatGeek is buying tickets online. It can be difficult. Um, it's always hard to find the best deal for that game or show. And if you can get... Uh, Easy way to find all those seats on SeatGeek, and you can enter the promo code RSB to save $20 off your next order as well. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat as well as on Facebook, Red Sox beat podcast. If you can rate, review, and subscribe us on Facebook, that would be phenomenal as well. Uh, big show lined up. Lauren and Jess are back in here, all three of us. Um, what's going on, guys? I know Pokemon Go is all the rage now, but I know you two are having a, have had a good week, I think. Yeah, it's been a great week of Pokemon Go list week for me. I'm not really, <laughs> not really into that fad, but uh, other than that, I'm just excited to talk Red Sox baseball. I'm a little sad we don't have any Red Sox baseball for almost a week, but I'll survive. Yeah, I'm I'm more into the uh, the baseball mode than the Pokemon mode. I like to stay with reality, you know. I, I will fully admit I'm a huge Pokemon goer, <laughs> uh, and it's very addicting once you get started. So. That being said, let's talk some Red Sox baseball. Um, before we get into the recap, guys, just overall, uh, what are your impressions of what happened this week? Um, oh, I think a lot has happened this week. I think it was a lot to, to take in kind of quickly with, you know, between trades, DL stints. But overall, five in one week, I, I'll take it. I, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, we'll definitely get to it. I know I predicted a good week, and they had an even better week than I predicted, which is obviously awesome. It's good to beat a team you should beat, and then also play really well against one of the better teams in the league, which makes you mm-hmm. a little hopeful for the future. And now in July here, after a terrible 10-16 and 16 June, we're sitting here with a 7-8 and 2 record in July, <laughs> which is an excellent start. Already three wins away from June. It's only July 10th, with obviously the All-Star break coming up. So really encouraging, yeah. some really good pitching. Obviously a ton happened this week, and we'll get to all of it. But very encouraging. Probably saved John Farrell's job. Are you guys happy where they are going into the All-Star break? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think between they had a pretty tough week last week and some things looked iffy. And But to end the, end the, end the first half of the season where they are, yeah, I'm not going to complain. What, yeah, so I, I, I think it's a success. And a lot of people have been asking success or failure over the last week or so. But um definitely think they're doing a lot better than a lot of us thought, except for Lauren, because she still picked, picked them to go to the World Series. So uh, that's still on her. Um, but, hey, but, hey, her Mookie Betts bull prediction came true. So why not them going to the World Series? Um, obviously a good week, 5-1. and one. Just why don't you break it down for us, uh, go through the two. To, honestly, and two, the 180 kind of week, too, because you played one of the best teams in baseball and then one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, and Rick Porcello got wins against both, which is definitely where we're going to start here. 
on Monday. Let me just note before I start this, Rick Porcello is 11-2. and two. He could be a 20-game winner. He's not getting enough credit. No, he's not. No, not I don't think he is. Um, but I also think that a lot of his early – I mean, he pitched well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he pitched like crap, but he has been getting a lot of run support, which is good. He needs it. Um, but he has been pitching well. I'm not putting anything bad on him. I definitely think he's pitching better than a lot of people are giving him credit for because – Everyone's kind of just sitting and bashing on the other starting pitching that sucks. So Porcello's just kind of flying under the radar. Like you said, 11-2, and two, um, nothing to really be mad about. Like, he's, he's pitching well. Yeah, nothing to be mad about at all. He's um, He came into this season, we had, well, at least I had high expectations for him, especially with how he ended last season. Um, did I think he'd be 11 wins going into the All-Star break? Absolutely not. But I'm very impressed with what he's brought this season, and I never thought he'd be one of our best pitchers in the starting rotation. Yeah, I didn't predict, I didn't think he'd be quite this good. I definitely predicted in my predictions at the beginning of the year that he would have a better season than last and kind of break out and be the pitcher we wanted to be. And, you know, he has. He's been – his ERA is not fantastic. It's not like it's 220 or anything. It's in the threes, obviously, but much better than last year in the 11-2 record. He, they, we get wins when he pitches. That's what you want. Yep. And that hasn't been happening with a lot of other pitchers. So it's really awesome to see him do that. And I just wanted to start this out, give him credit, because he's kind of under the radar because he gives up some runs sometimes. But he gives them up in times where we still end up winning the game. And when he does go up runs, he also pitches well in the same game, which most guys don't. So he's kind of he's kind of doing it all right in terms of in terms of compared to everyone else, which is excellent. So yeah, oh yeah, definitely. That's my that's my Porcello take. Uh, in this game on Monday, the Fourth uh, of July game, he started out terribly. He gave up four runs in the first inning. Just he's had trouble in the first inning um, frequently. But, as Jared said, a lot of run support in this game. Boy, the runs were just piling up. The Sox got one in the first, four in the third, one in the fifth, two in the sixth, one in the seventh, three in the eighth. It was just nonstop, run after run. 21 hits, 16 for Texas, but we had 12 runs. They had the five. Um, some highlights of this were Brock Holt hit a two-run homer. Um, Dustin Pedroia had a solo home run. Travis Shaw had a solo home run. Mookie Betts had a two-run homer. Four home runs. The Sox had nine doubles, three for Sandy Leone, and a four-hit day. Who wasn't hitting today? I mean, they had Pedroia with three hits, Bogarts with three hits, Shaw with three hits, Leone with four hits, two for Betts, two for Poppy, two for Hanley. Everyone in the lineup had a hit. Everyone in the lineup had a run. This was an awesome game. This was definitely a fun game to watch. I got to catch a little bit of it, and it was just, I mean, my phone was just going off, and then... Just seeing the the box score after, I was like, "Wow, holy chalupas!" That is <laughs> <laughs> holy chalupas. Holy chalupas. So many runs, so many hits. Yeah, no, honestly, like, and you, and you didn't expect it from a team like this you know, against a team like this. You know, it's you're, you're playing one of the better teams in baseball, and you pop twelve runs on them. So you, you don't expect it, especially when you get down four nothing before you even bat. Oh yeah, that's a great sign. That's a huge sign. The offense is back, which is obviously much needed. Very needed. So that brought us into Tuesday, the only loss of the series, and the final score was 72 Texas, but this was very, very deceiving because it was a 3-2 game going into the final inning. So really, they could have been 6-0 this week had just a few twists and turns gone the right way because, like I said, this is a one-run game for the majority. It was tied for the majority, actually, up until the sixth. Um, David Price pitched. Pitched well. Um, he got eight hits and three runs, but he had ten strikeouts. He went eight innings which is obviously good. He was not the problem. Craig Kimbrell was. He gave up three hits and four runs without recording an out, which was terrible. We'll get to more what happened to him <laughs> this week. But uh, he totally blew this game. Um, 
the Sox had a chance. They could have been down by a run going to the ninth inning, going to the bottom of the ninth. Didn't give him the chance. He gave up a three-run homer. Robinson Torinos, who was a catcher, hitting two fifteen. So good, good job, Craig. Um, Price gave up a solo home run, first pitch to Shinsu Chu to lead off his game, which was his tenth straight game at that point, giving up a home run. He did finally break that streak today, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. So another home run for him given up. Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a home run of his own in this game, which was his 14th of the season, which is excellent. So tough game. Obviously, they were right in it. Kimberly totally blew it. Yeah, it's just – and now, I mean, how much do you want to put on – I mean, Kimbrell is just – I don't know what he's doing, and it's just like you, you, he pitches well, and then he doesn't pitch well, and it turns into – what's going on with this guy? Obviously now he's hurt, but that wasn't anything to do with his pitching. That was just him shagging fly balls. So um, this is just, I don't know, I can't say it's a bad decision they made bringing him in, but he still hasn't found consistency um, pitching in these situations. And like now, obviously, everyone's criticizing Farrell for putting him in these games where they're down or or tied. And and Kimbrell obviously is a closer, so he should be able to handle it. I don't get why he can't. It's all between the ears, of course, but... Kimball's starting to get frustrating for me, and it's unfortunate because I've obviously backed his signing when they traded for him. Yeah, it's definitely been frustrating, you know, when we signed him, one of the best closers out there, and his strikeouts and his age, and it just seemed like it was going to be really good. And, you know, going back to the inconsistency, it's when he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he is so off. It's not like he gives up a run or two. He gives up, like, 100 runs, and... I think at this point, you know, we know he's hurt now, but I don't know if it's just, you know, trying to adjust to Boston or just what, he, what, what why he can't just stay consistent, you know, um, not start, but like save opportunity after save opportunity. I, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, there's people like to pin this on Farrell, too. I'm sorry. If you're Craig Kimbrell, you got to be able to pitch any time. I don't care if you're down. I don't care if you're tied. I don't care if you're up. That should not matter. You should have the same intensity. You should have the same game plan. You should throw the same way, no matter what the situation. I don't care if you're down. Why would you want to give up more runs and lose? Why would you be unfocused? That's just I, people trying to pin down a Farrell. I don't get that. That's just stupid. Why? What? What? Why wouldn't you put the supposedly one of the best closers in the league in the ninth inning or tenth inning whenever? Who wouldn't do that? Yeah, I think I don't think it's really on Farrell. I think that Kimbrell needs to figure it out. You're paying on to be a closer. He's one of the studs in the game, one of the few or dominant in that time of the game. And obviously now he's got to take care of this injury. But he'll have plenty of time. He's got to think about it. <laughs> yeah, he's really got to figure it out. But um, look, obviously party now is to get healthy for the fi- final stretch of the year. But he's got to figure it out because he's still the closer. It's not like they brought in um, Ziegler to be the closer. So they, he needs to figure it out. Well, right, because Koji is going to be closing. Well, Kimbrel's out. So they're splitting time. They're splitting okay. time. He said the last time yeah. I saw, Farrell said Ziegler would set up and Koji would close, but that works. I know Ziegler pitched the ninth uh, today, yeah. but um, yeah. So um, that brings us to Wednesday, and this game was refreshing because Stephen Wright didn't pitch great, and he got run support for a change. That's like the first time he's got <laughs> run support all year. I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> I just I did think of you when I was getting the run support because. We've said before, like he when he pitches well, he, you know, he he doesn't get he doesn't get the the run support that he should get, and he finally gets it when he's not on his A game. He he pitches nine innings, giving up one run, no earned, and he doesn't even get a decision. Like, come on. So this time he did, and boy, got him early and often. Two in the first, five in the second, two in the third, and two in the fourth in this game against Martin uh, Martin Perez. Boy, they just hung him out to dry because he was 
absolutely terrible. And they just kept fishing him, kept fishing him, and kept fishing him, and he managed to go four innings, uh, giving up nine hits, 11 runs, seven earned. He was absolutely terrible. I felt bad for him. I was like, obviously trying to save the bullpen, but <laughs> this guy's getting rocked. And they just, they're just hanging him out to dry there. Um, David Ortiz had a two-run homer in the first inning um, to kind of jumpstart his awesome week. Uh, the second inning was where the Sox really took control. Ryan Hannigan had a bases loaded two RBI single. Betts had an RBI double. Pedroia reached on an error and Hannigan scored, and Ortiz had a sack fly. All of a sudden, it was 7-1 to one after two. And then Bryce Brents and Travis Shaw got RBIs in the third, and it was 9-1. to one. And then Brent, Brents had a two RBI single in the fourth, and it was 11-1. to 11-6 to was the final. Um, so Wright gave up some runs when it didn't really matter. He gave up six runs, five earned, and six innings, so definitely one of his worst starts. But he had seven strikeouts, and as I just mentioned, the Sox cut 11 runs in the first four innings, so about time. Nice to get a win, not being your eight game. Yeah, and the fact that you're getting, how many runs did you score in this entire series? 19. Uh, you scored, what, 20, decent, what, 22 runs, 26 runs, something like that. And this, I'm not really adding quickly, but a lot of decent amount of runs against a team that is supposedly the best team in the AL. So um, the offense finally woke up in, in a huge spot as well against a team like the Rangers. Yeah, 25 runs in three games is nothing to shake a stick at. Really, really impressive uh, series against the Rangers, which is obviously key and I know we all picked him to lose the series. Jared, you picked him to get swept. Me and Lauren both picked to lose two out of three. So to win two out of three against this team was real nice. Really, yeah. We both we all were negative. So yeah. So that was great. It's hard not to be negative on a team that has over fifty wins, but I'm glad that we pulled it off. Yeah, sometimes you beat good teams, and that's just great. If you're a good team too, you want to beat the teams that are good, which uh, which they did. Uh, which mm-hmm. brought us into the weekend series against the Rays. I picked a sweep. Feeling good right now. Um, you both picked win two out of three, so I won this series, and as Lauren S. says every week, I should go into predicting for a job, and I told her, find me a job in predicting, I'll do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> if that was actually a job. If I can you just have a job where I predict stuff, fine. I'll have I mean, it. It's not just like Red Box series, it's life lessons, you're just so good at this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> get the inside, the inside scoop of my life lessons, wow. I'm honored. <laughs> Uh, anyway, back to baseball. Um, yeah, Friday's game was was the closest game. Definitely, it was six uh, five. It was close throughout, very back and forth. This was a Sean O'Sullivan start against the terrible Chris Archer, who was awful this year and awful always against the Red Sox, and that did not change one bit. Uh, Archer goes five runs, seven hits, and in six innings to drop his record to four and twelve. O'Sullivan kept him in the game. He got four runs in five innings, but he got through it. He got out of a bases loaded jam. The offense gave him enough help. Uh, the Sox scored two in the first. Uh, the Rays tied it back up at two after three. Sox got two back in the fourth. David Ortiz with a solo home run. Aaron Hill with an RBI single in his first game with the Red Sox. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, the Rays tied it back up at four. But like I said, O'Sullivan got out of it. And then the Sox got a Bryce Brent's RBI single in the sixth. And then Aaron Hill again, RBI single in the eighth, and great thing he got that because Koji Gopa bombed Evan Longoria in the ninth inning to make it 6-5, and that insurance run loomed large because it would have been a tie game. So that was good, kind of kept in the lead the entire time, and Aaron Hill came through, and O'Sullivan kept winning the game. Yeah, I think that 
you guys, I mean, we obviously know who Aaron Hill was, but now it's Dell is, but people who don't know who he is is going to find out what, this is kind of who he is. He's not afraid in the big moments, and him hitting like that in his first game in a Sox uniform shows me that I love the addition. We'll talk more about it later, but in that spot, he came up huge, and obviously Koji didn't, almost didn't do his job, and I really consider it not doing his job because he gave up a run. But nonetheless, they pulled this one out against a team they shouldn't have been that close against. Watching that game uh, made me feel, Lauren, that we were going to be right because a close game like that makes me feel like, okay, we might be screwed the next two, but then Porcello and Price came out and pitched well, and we weren't. But that game was really way too close for a team like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And But, you know, with going back to Hill, it was nice to see him play the way he did in his first game, and I know we'll get get to it a little later, and like you said, it looked like we were going to be right, but and I know we'll talk about the pitching from Porcello and Price in a little bit, but I, I'll take it. I'll take whatever, I, whatever win I can get in this right now. Yeah, so that was obvious. I mean, with with Sean O'Sullivan pitching and and uh, you know just everything that was considering in this game, Archer usually, I mean, being good in the past, not this year, but O'Sullivan getting this 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 start, I think it was just good overall to get to get that win, no matter what it was. You know, six five, we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Which brought us into Saturday, which is <laughs> this was uh, this is good because. Um, the pitching came to play, and and uh, we haven't seen a lot of one-run and no-run games for the opponents, and we got two in a row, so that was excellent. Uh, Rick Porcello pitched on Saturday again, his second start of the week, and uh, he was good again. He gave up a solo home run to Brad Miller in the first inning, and then nothing the rest of the game. Six six innings of uh, scoreless ball. He had five strikeouts, and the Sox got to Matt Moore. They, uh, they got... A solo uh, two-run homer, excuse me, for Xander Bogart in the fourth, and then a two-RBI single for Pedroia in the fifth. That's all they needed because Porcello was dominant and uh, just a well-pitched game and enough offense to to make it last. Yeah, I think that, um, like we talked about earlier, Porcello's been sneaky good and um, under the radar good more or less, but this team finally beat a team like the Rays like they're supposed to, get out to a lead, get to 4-1, and you put them away like you're supposed to. Um, and Porcello made sure that door stayed shut, and the team played good, uh, kind of well all around. Yeah, it was a great overall game, and especially from Porcello, it's just it's so nice to see him being more or less consistent. And it's nice that we can sit here and speak positively of him. And last year, I know we had a lot to talk negatively of him, and it's just it was nice to see a well-rounded game, you know, offense, pitching, just everything. Yeah, and just just that's what Porcello does this year. He he uh, if like if he gets in a jam, he doesn't just flame out like you know say Joe Kelly in like the second or third inning when it's like okay well now now we're <laughs> we're toast seven runs down in the second inning. Porcello gets right back into it. He dominates the rest of the game, and then that's that's what he gives you. And then he goes deep into games six or seven innings. Gave you seven innings in this game, and then Matt Barnes, Koji Uihara. Shut it down the last two innings, giving up one hit combined, two strikeouts. So that's just that's what you want. That's how pitching should work. You should hope that your starter gives you six or seven innings, and then your bullpen can finish it off. And that hasn't happened much this year. And it was nice to actually see for once. Yeah, no, it really was, and it hasn't happened. So uh, it was nice, like you said, just to see it happen and kind of see this team put it together and kind of help them each other out for the, for once. Yeah, and then good news happened again. 
uh, today on Sunday as of record date. Um, David Price pitched today in eight innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, ten strikeouts. So that's, you know, that's, that's the price we're looking for. This is the guy that we've been expecting. And, uh, he finally delivered here and the Sox got two, uh, three runs in the first, one in the second. David Ortiz had a two run homer. Again, third home run of the week. And it's another game. Boom. You get the, get the runs, enough runs, and you get dominant pitching. Two games in a row. Doesn't happen much. Yeah, no. And it was really nice to see Price be dominant because, like, we, we've obviously been, everyone's been criticizing him for not pitching well and, and not performing. And now it becomes, okay, Price did it finally against the Rays. Like we talked about before the jet show started, Jess, it was, oh, maybe he finally realized, oh, the Rays aren't that good. Maybe I should actually pitch well against them. Yeah, and it's been what I really enjoyed. It's not a game from Price where we see 14 strikeouts, but he gives up 11 runs you know, on 12 hits or something like that. It's It was nice to see that our ace is pitching in an ace-like way. And Jared, I know you said like everyone's been critical of him pitching. Even David Price has been critical on himself. So I'm sure to get a solid start, uh, eight innings just – of just solid pitching, it's got to feel good for him. It's got it's a great way to end the the first half of the season, especially for Price. Yeah, no, I think that the way we've been talking about him not performing, he I know he's not he's still probably not pitching the way he wants to because he's not dominant all the time. But I think overall you're in the right spot with him, and um, he's getting better now. I wish it wasn't the All Star break because he could utilize that, but um, he had a few days now. Realize what he did. He can go watch some tape and and go from here. Yeah, no, it's definitely good week for the pitchers uh, offensively for MVP. I went back and forth between David Ortiz and Mookie Betts. Uh, Ortiz had the home runs. Betts had the hits. Ortiz was 6 for 23, 3 homers, 7 RBI, 4 runs, 2 doubles. And Betts was 11 for 25 with 5 runs and 4 RBI. He had 2 hits in almost every single game of the series. So I kind of want to give co-MVP, like, power for Ortiz, hits for Betts. I'm okay with that. I mean, Ortiz is having like a phenomenal retirement year. Like every time he, I, I turn around, this guy's gonna hit another hit another home run, does something crazy. And mind you guys, remember he's still doing this on like really bad foot, like feet. Like he's not in good deal right now, and he's still putting these numbers up. Yeah, and it's been nice the last few weeks. You know, we went from beginning of the of the season we couldn't decide on an MVP, and then it was hard to decide on just one the last two or three weeks, and now we're back to having, you know, co-MVP. And it's just, it's so nice to see Ortiz just dominating in his last season. And just, you know, Jared, like you said, home run after home run, and then Mookie Betts just piling on the hits. I just, I just, I love this team so much. Yeah, this this offense, I mean, that's the thing. When they started losing games, the pitching was pitching bad, and the offense was not playing like it was in the first couple months. Now, 12 runs, 11 runs, you know, 10 runs the day before against the Angels, 6-4-4, now, now it's happening, and right, right as the offense starts hitting, <laughs> the wins start piling up. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see, and um, it's exciting that this team's getting better, and it's exciting uh, to see where the team goes after the All-Star break, um, which is very well-deserved. I'm excited for the All-Star break. I'm excited for the Derby and, and the game and stuff, but uh, it'll be intriguing to see where this team goes after, for sure. Um, but there you go. That is Jess's recap. Good job as always, Jess. Um, never doubt uh, you always do a great job. But of course, his 
Recap was brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partners with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and rancheries across the United States. As a result, your food is always fresh, uh, and it's always it's always uh, grown humanely, if you want to call it that. Um, we all use Blue Apron, and I know these two have been using it a little more than I have, um, but I love it. It's so easy to use. You get I had chicken the other day. Um, I know you two are just in love with it. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I haven't, I'll say it, every every week I haven't had a bad meal, and every week it's just new food, and it's just, it's so good, and it's so fun to use, and <laughs> I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah, I never wanted to end. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's fun. It's uh, you know, making meals. I had one last night. Had one today. Had some some chicken filled pita. Uh, at this point, uh, today. So we got a couple more meals this week. But it's great stuff. Vegetarian meat, whatever you want. You just tell them they give it to you. It's awesome. So definitely go to that website. Um, if you're watching this uh, Facebook Live video right now, I have. The link right here, and this is where you go. Check it out. <laughs> um, I do love the chicken meatloaf. It's a good one. Um, but you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Beat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Beat. Blue Apron is a better way to cook um and of course we love having blue apron on as a good sponsor for us um guys a lot happened this week in the red sox news obviously they had a good week uh they were dominant um in going five and one but i think we'll talk about the trades in a minute but biggest thing right now is craig kimball's on the dl three to six weeks um what does this do for your team immediately after the all-star break oof i mean with the addition of ziegler it's kind of like a little more reassuring, but, you know, that's, that's our closer, and it sucks to see him go down, and we saw this, I hate when pitchers get injured when it's not an in-game thing, and, you know, he, like, he was shagging fly balls, and here he is just tearing his meniscus, and it's so frustrating to me just because, I mean, I know you're, you're going to be out there with your team, you're going to do that, whatever, but it's like, you got injured on something that could have been preventable, and... This, I hate when it's a knee injury because you know, we can go back to Erod and look at him. So, I mean, I think it, it's good that it's happening right now when we have a little bit of a break with the All-Star break. I think he'll be fine when he comes back, but it's still just like, ugh, now that he's injured. Yeah, it's a good yeah. All-Star break just because like this is five days of your three to six weeks, which could, you know, that's some time. It's not a lot, but it's it's better than having the injury happen in August and missing, you know, the last two months and, you know, the last month and a half. So I think timing-wise, it's, it's okay. Um, it's obviously going to hurt because basically at this point, who, who you know, you don't know you can rely on. Obviously, Ziegler's a good piece, and I'm thrilled they got him because he's, <laughs> he's, been, he's been a good closer. He's a little wild this year, but overall he's been a good closer, and um, obviously they knew that Kimbrell's going to be out for a while because they got Ziegler right the same night, I guess, you know, it was two in the morning, so a little bit after, but a couple hours after the game ended, and then, you know, the next day they get the announcement that Kimbrell's out for three to six weeks, so it's good, Ziegler's definitely good, but it's it's less, you know, it's 
it's not as much of a sure thing because now we're relying on Koji, Ziegler, Tozawa if he can stay healthy, and and uh, I mean Kimberl obviously wasn't good from time to time, but when he was saving games, he was good at saving games. So now we lose that for a significant period of time. Could make a big difference. Yeah, and I think that one I hate the stupid closers catching fly balls and them hurting themselves. It's not the first time this has happened in the last year or two. Um, obviously, Mariano Rivera did it as well um, with his situation when he was still with the Yankees. He hurt himself fly, shagging fly balls as well. Um, I know he didn't regret it. I'm sure Kimbrell doesn't either, but still hate it. If I was John Farrell, I wouldn't let Craig Kimbrell move. Like he, he is too valuable. I know he hasn't pitching too right, but he's still too valuable, especially with the bullpen help that they already need. Um, but Kimbrell being out, Lauren, I love the point of the all-star break. It's huge. Uh, it's five days out of a week. That doesn't matter because he wouldn't have pitched anyway. So, um, and it could, I mean, I highly doubt it'll be three weeks. I know it was a three to six timeline. It'll probably be closer to six, but at this point with Ziegler, I think that you kind of bought the bullet there. Now with the Brad Ziegler deal, they kind of said that it really wasn't in coincidence with the injury. They were going to do it either way. Um, I'm not saying I don't believe that because they needed the help either way. Um, but overall, guys, it's a really good deal for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, he's. I had him on my fantasy team last year. He was uh, <laughs> he was a good pitcher, and I I relied on him pretty heavily. Uh, he is 36 years old, so he's he's closer to Koji uh, territory than than say Kimbrel territory in terms of age. But you know, he's he's a good pitcher. He's he has experience, obviously, and yeah, like you said, Jared. Obviously, we need help right now. This the bullpen was so looked so good to start the year with with Koji, Tozawa, Kimbrel, and uh, Carson Smith. Now Smith and Kimbrel are both in the DL. Koji's inconsistent. Tozawa's inconsistent. So now we're sitting sitting here like, okay, now we need Brad Zeller. No one would have guessed that when the year started. No, absolutely not. I think. Uh... I think it's a good signing. I do like it. Like you said, it didn't really cost us a whole lot. And we obviously needed the help. And I think he's going to do just fine. I'm not really concerned about his age too much. But I knew something was up when it was like 2 a.m. And my phone went off that we had signed him. I was like, oh, no. So it's more than just a like knee discomfort for Kimbrel or whatever they said it was before. So I like it. I can I can deal with it. I think it's a solid signing. And I think he's going to do really well for our team. Yeah, I think Ziegler's great. I love the sidearm action. Um, ERA isn't terrible either, and I just think that now biggest thing for Kimbrel, like I said, is for him to get healthy because then when he comes back, you have Ziegler as that eighth inning guy. Right now, I believe Ziegler is going to be eighth inning, ninth inning guy rotating with Koji. Hope to God Koji doesn't get hurt now um, because after that, I, I don't think they can afford to have any more injuries in the bullpen. Um, but guys, Dombrowski this week, um, sneaky trade ninja is what he's been. Um, none of these deals were rumored. I know he traded for Aaron Hill as well, which I love that deal. Um, they gave up Wilkerson for him. wasn't a big deal. Um, Aaron Hill obviously played for the Blue Jays. I believe the Diamondbacks as well. Um, and then it's just a matter of the, they needed infield depth. They got it, especially now that Travis Shaw hasn't been hitting lefties too great. Aaron Hill can come in and do that. Um, Brad Ziegler comes in and gives you depth in the bullpen. And all these trades, guys weren't being rumored. So now that means, okay, can he do this? Can he keep these under wraps for the bigger deals as well? Aaron Hill wasn't really put on the air until the Red Sox released the press release. No one knew about that. That's what baseball scouts were saying. Baseball executives were saying no one knew, had any idea until a press release came out. Can he pull that off with bigger deals too? 
I don't see why not. I mean, <laughs> if he did it with this, why not? But, like, in a world, this is what kills me, in a world of social media, rumors, leaked reports to be the first one to get it, new age reporting, he kept trades under wraps. No one heard a whiff of this. It's refreshing. Nice. <laughs> it's like the good old days where you actually read the newspaper the next day and go, oh, they traded for this guy? Who knew it was going to happen? That's great. I love it. Yeah, it's it's great to see, and I think that shows the value of Dave Dombrowski. He's an old tool dude. He knows what he's doing. Um, now, we, now we just have to see where he goes. I know I just saw something as we're doing the show. Red Sox are favored to land Rich Hill. Oh, God, that would be a huge disappointment if they end up with Rich Hill again. Um, I wouldn't hate him on the team. Not my point. I just think that kind of lack of management of your parts, considering you had him and you didn't have to do anything, get rid of anything to get him, and now you have to pay more to get him back, which is ridiculous to me, but other than that, guys, is there anyone else that that's worth trading for? Like, would you want them to trade for a Jose Fernandez? Um, I know I want Sonny Gray, but what's Sonny Gray, Chris Sale type name? Would you want them to do that right now? Or, or is Rich Hill enough to patch it and then go from there? I mean, I would, I'd love to have Rich Hill back, no doubt. What he did last year and just his story alone is just amazing. I mean, I think it would be a little dis- disappointing to see Dombrowski get him if that's all he would do but I mean I I would love to have Sonny Gray here too absolutely I think we have the prospects and even the players to trade for him I I think Dombrowski's I really think he's going to go all in at this deadline I think he's going to make a really big move I don't think it's going to be Rich Hill but I think it's going to be a a really big move yeah I'd be happy with Rich Hill I mean it's I like that he can make these deals, and he's made these two deals, not giving up much at all. I know he gave up Aaron Wilkinson, but he got Aaron Hill, which obviously we needed a infield bat, and also we can play in the field. He play multiple positions, second, short, third, and he's, you know, you can't forget he hit 36 home runs in 2008 or nine. Obviously, he's hit over two, over 20 home runs, over 25 home runs <laughs> three times in his career. He's not doing that anymore. He's hitting more like eight or nine now, which is fine, but yeah. it's... You know, that was a good move. Zeeler was obviously a good move. So if he can do something like this and get some really good pitcher for maybe less than maybe you should give up for him, obviously go for it. I don't want to give up too much for a pitcher, but to get a star pitcher would be really nice. Yeah, I definitely think that getting a star pitcher would be huge. Um, the only one I'm really wanting to trade for, I mean, obviously I want Sonny Gray, but um, I think Jose Fernandez would be an awesome steal if you could grab him, but I don't think it's going to be a steal, obviously, because you'd probably have to trade Moncada or Benintendi to get Jose Fernandez, um, and I'd be willing to do that if, it, depending on it, as long as they make the right choice, and you're not going to know that right away, but um, that would probably be the only situation where I would be even considering him being okay to deal with one of those guys, but Zabrowski has enough chips in this farm system that those two shouldn't be touched, because those Benintendi could be on this roster like in a month. Like, he's killing it with the Sea Dogs, and so is Moncada. So those two are pretty much untouchable to me. Other than that, guys, I'm pretty giving. I'm pretty much giving Dombrowski full reign at this, at this farm system. And he will. He's known, you know, to just trading away prospects and I don't want to say destroying farm systems. I don't know if that's a little harsh, but... Destroying farm systems one city at a time. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> you said it, <laughs> not me. It's, I, I'm the one to say it, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, he, that's what he's known for, though. Look what he did in Detroit. Yeah, but if you have the guys to to give up to get these good players, if you have a good team, which you know we have a good offense, we have some good pitchers. That's you need to do that because you can wait. Oh, don't get me wrong. Wait for I'm not against. Guys. 
don't get me wrong, Jess, I'm not against it at all. Yeah. Um, because I'm one of the ones that believe that prospects are prospects and they're not names yet. So if these guys, if people, some, if someone is going to give you a stud off the value of someone's word of how good someone's going to be, you take that in a heartbeat. Unless you, unless it's Benetton or Mankata, which they're proving it, they're running through the system, they're like bona fide all stars. You, you, t- they're prospects. Not all these prospects are going to pan out. Um, you build them up, you draft the ones that people enjoy, and then you give them to somebody else who is can't afford these big name stars. You are a big market team. You should not be banking on prospects all the time. Yeah, and we haven't had luck with prospects for some of the time. Obviously, Betts, Bogarts, uh, Bradley, guys like that. Those are the good ones. But there's been a lot of busts too, especially with pitching. So it's like if you can get established pitchers or players for these guys, do it if you have a good enough team to do it. Exactly. Um, so it, it's kind of to see where that goes, obviously. Um, and after the All-Star break, we'll, we'll get a feeling of what's coming down with the trade deadline right around the corner as well. Um, one guy that's intriguing me is O'Sullivan. He he pitched well the other night, and then he had to go to the DL. Um, what, was, what was the exact thing they put him on the DL for? I don't remember. Um, I, I don't believe it by any means. but um, it's, it's something random. I have it in my alerts. Like... Like I believe it's a Clay Buckholz phantom injury. I don't. I don't believe it. They just needed a roster space um, for Ziegler. Knee, so knee I think, tendonitis is what it was listed at. Yeah. So his sore, his knee was a little sore, and they put him on the DL because they need to make room for Ziegler. Yeah, so, it sounds but, like garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's basically garbage. But um, he was pitching okay, and I, I just don't want. Obviously, don't want him to bank on that moving forward. I don't want the, him to be the fifth starter by any means. But an interesting thing got brought up with O'Sullivan as well during the week, and I saw some people bring it up on Twitter to me as well. It's would you consider him in the bullpen? Because he seems to. I saw a stat and it said like through the first two line times through the lineup he was like, had like an under three ERA and after that it skyrocketed. Do you guys think he could work in the bullpen? I mean, I don't see why not. Um, I guess it really depends after he a comes back from the DL and b what happens, you know, during you know trade deadline and who goes where and who goes like. Who stays? Who goes? So I mean, I can see it, yes, but I don't really want to get comfortable with if a starter sucks, just to throw them in the bullpen or starter. We don't want to keep them in the rotation, just throw them in the bullpen. Like I don't want to have a bullpen where we're gonna have people sitting on the ground now. Yeah, no, I think I think that I wouldn't hate them to try it. Again, they need the arms out there, so I think that I wouldn't hate it. I'd almost like believe him that he would probably do better than Joe Kelly, uh, who's going to the bullpen when he comes back, whatever that may be. Um, he did pitch with the spinners uh, the other day. But well, and the thing with O'Sullivan too is that he usually pitches well for yeah, like he's he's not a Joe Kelly or Porcello type who gives up four or five buckles to six runs in the first inning. He never does that. So that's if you can get him for two innings out of the bullpen, that could probably be good. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I think that would be the justification to do it. Um, I'm just being intrigued to see if they actually do it when he comes off this phantom injury um, to see if they can find the spot for him to do it. But, I mean, I'd be intrigued by the idea for sure. Um, obviously, we know that Buckholz and Erod are likely coming back to the rotation. Um, do you – I mean, Rodriguez is, is expected, obviously. They, they, we want him to do that, and that's he's expected to be a starter. But Buckholz coming back from the bullpen to the rotation to the bull – like, what are they doing with this guy? Ugh, I don't even know. I mean, I just, again, it goes back to between the bullpen, rotation, bullpen, rotation. It's I It can't be good for his mental game because kind of like, where do I belong? Like, I don't even know 
if I can do this, if I can't do this well enough for the team, I'm going to go to the bullpen. How long is it before I get option to AAA or go on the DL? So it's just, I don't know what it is, but it, it, I just, I don't think it can be good for like the, the mental game inside his head. Yeah, once you start going to the bullpen in rotation like several, like two, three, four times a year, like you just got to find a place, just keep him in one place. But that just shows you what's, you know, what's kind of going on with, with this pitching because they're like, oh, should we use them? I don't know. He pitches bad. Okay. Well, you know, we need a pitcher. Yeah, you know, bring him back. Maybe he'll do okay. Yeah, he's bad again. All right, put him back in the bullpen. It's just like, that's <laughs> a, and for someone with head problems like Buckles, that's too much of a head game. Yeah, it, you're making it more of a head problem by putting him back and then, like, oh, I'm good again. Oh, no, I'm bad again. Oh, no, I'm good again. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it's the classic case of like, am I good enough for them or not? And it's like, he's like a teenage girl. Oh, and like, John Farrell's the guy with who's breaking his heart every five days. <laughs> like, it's just, it's ridiculous what they're doing to him. And I'm not, I'm, obviously it's half on him because he's pitching like crap, but they got to they got to choose, man. They got to decide whether that be Lavulo getting in John Farrell's ear or just these guys making a decision. Because as much as I think Buckles isn't a good pitcher, you can't be toying with a guy's emotions who has the mental capacity of a fourteen year old girl. Yeah, and it, I mean, we've seen him after during post game shows where he's like, "That wasn't my worst start," and then he wouldn't even comment about getting put to the bullpen the first time. It took him a few days to get over it. I understand. You know, maybe it takes a, a day to process it. Maybe the first day, no comment. But, I mean, and I, I didn't really even like his comments the first time. And I just, I don't see this ending well or going well. I don't know. I just think this is, like, the the downfall of Buckles. And I think I'm just finally going to accept it. So, it's not been, hasn't it been the downfall for the last, like, five years? No. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I mean, he's, this year in particular, I know that, Jess and I have really backed him up and really have supported him through essentially up until now. I mean, Jess, maybe you're still supporting him, but I just, I'm I'm worried about him. Yeah, I want the best for him. I don't have a lot of hope at this point, especially with him getting yanked around in, in both, uh, both capacities. I still, I mean, people, not, I mean, some people thought he could still be a good pitcher this year and until he started feeling terrible. I mean, he's, had potential to do it, so I don't know. I wish they'd just figure out a place for him. I, you know, I, maybe. Don't we I feel stupid for saying in some other team. Oh, I feel stupid for saying put him back in the in the starting rotation, but maybe he could do it. I don't know. I don't know anymore. See, now you sound like John. Now you sound like the Red Sox staff. Maybe you can do it. Oh, let's try it one more time. Maybe you can't. Oh no, let's put him back. Well, in I'm the, the same way. That's why I'm kind of like, well, why not? It's gonna just <laughs> job for the Red Sox. He'll fit right in. <laughs> Lord help me. Um, despite buckles, um, and despite buckles, six All Stars are going to the Red Sox for the Red Sox this week. Um, it's kind of a big deal. Four of them are starting, and it's basically going to be Red Sox versus Cubs in the All Star game. Um, also, huge shout out to Theo Epstein for drafting all those players and putting all those players together um, because every starter from both teams was a Theo guy. Am I right? I didn't know that. That's awesome. So yeah, so because Theo brought Ortiz and then Theo drafted all the Red Sox guys who were going, um, except for obviously Kimbrell. But and then all the Cubs guys had Theo's imprints on them as well. So like Theo Epstein is has his, has his mark on that All Star game. Yeah, he does. And uh, you know, props to Theo. I I miss him sometimes, all the time. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All you know who I do miss all the time is Don Arcillo and his oh. tweet. 
his tweet today um, said something, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like, can't wait to see the Don Taraj soon. And it was the picture that he took from the booth in his final road game when they all got out and like saluted him. No. And I just tweeted at him. I was like, can't wait to see Donicello again or something like that. But it was just like, it was so great to see. I missed Donicello. Sorry, I'm going to reminisce if I start talking more about it. But um, one thing that we're going to reminisce about is this is Ortiz's final All-Star game. It's really unfortunate it's not in somewhere that he's played a lot. <laughs> Um, it's in San Diego, of course, but what do you think, how big do you think they're going to go for him? It's hard to say. I mean, we've seen, you know, what people, what other teams have done for him this season. I think it'll be, I don't think it'll be anything huge. I think there'll be like video tribute, some kind of gift. Um, and I don't know. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be overplayed, but I think it's going to be fun for sure. I don't know exactly what they'll do, but just the fact that it's going to be one of our players who's getting all the love and the praise is kind of cool because you see it with so many other players and to have it be actually one of our guys who's getting the swan song and the excitement, um, it's awesome because it's you know it's fun having to be our player and he deserves it and I hope he hits a home run in the game. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Um, I, if I was a pitcher, I'd like meatball it to him. I would just let him hit a home run. Um, <laughs> no, this game, me, this game matters, Jared. Come on. <laughs> I hate the All-Star game so much. I love the All-Star game. Oh, I hate the All-Star game so much. I'm so excited for it. I love I love everything but the actual game. Like, Home Run Derby, I'm in. Um, celebrity Softball game, best thing of the week ever. Like, that's the best part of this All-Star festivities is the Celebrity Softball game, hands down. Who's in the Celebrity Softball game this year? Anyone good? The, Raleigh Fingers, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> we can look it up, though. Hold on, let's see if they have a roster up. I just ha- it's funny like I really haven't seen anything about it. Usually I I do and I know who's playing, but I don't. <laughs> we'll see if we can get it up for the end of the show. Yeah, Let's see if I, can I read that. Up. I love the Derby too. I'm a huge fan of the Derby. I love the All Star Game. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that it should count, but I love the actual game. Yeah, I I, I it's it's just I hate, it's like all All Star Games. It really doesn't matter to me. Um, but it does. And it just a bunch. <laughs> it just they don't. It, I know it does, but, like, it, for me, I mean, at least it's not the Pro Bowl. Like, I'll give it that. The Pro Bowl is just terrible. I don't even watch that, um, yeah. <laughs> Pro Bowl is just not good. But does anyone watch the Pro Bowl? Like, really? I don't think um, so. Just really big football fans who care about every single little thing that matters, even if it doesn't even matter. I mean, pretty much. My, my, um, brother's, my brother's a pretty big football fan, like, everything football 24-7, and he doesn't even watch the Pro Bowl, so. Jeez, <laughs> who really does? Nobody. That's, that's when you know. Yeah. Um, I got I got a go. roster by the way if you want to hear. Oh, let's do it. All right, cool. So we got uh just run run through here. Celebrity All Star Game: Jamie Foxx, Andy Cohen, Drew Brees, Jenny Drew Finch. Brees, let's go. Yeah. Oh, I love Jenny Finch. Oh, I love what she plays. Kyla Mooney. <laughs> uh, Morris Chestnut, Rico Rodriguez. <laughs> I don't even know half these people. Um, Damari Lewis, Tim Foreman, Ricky Henderson, Andre Dawson, Fred Lynn. Mark Consuelos, Rainey Rodriguez, Peyton Meyer, Karen Brar, Cameron Boyce, Omar Miller, Terry Crews, J.K. Simmons, David Wells, <laughs> Sterling K. Brown. I love to see Wells in that. Um, Mark Paul Gosselier, Billy Bean, Curtis Pride, Nina. Billy Abdel. Bean's playing. Oh my God! Yep. Billy Bean's actually playing. Yeah. Yeah. But can he get on base? Nah, probably not. No. <laughs> and a couple more: uh, Pete Wentz, Tyler Hoshelin. 
Landon Donovan, Vladimir Guerrero, Trevor Hoffman, Raleigh Fingers, Ozzy Smith, Tim Raines, Martin Diaz, and Chris Gary. Tim Raines is playing. Love that. David Wells. Like <laughs> Dude, David Wells is the epitome of a men's softball league player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, I guarantee you that's what he looks like now. Even bigger than he was when he played. And just, I guarantee you he plays in a men's softball league somewhere. Like, outside of this. He's probably going to rake when it comes to the play. Yeah. I... I want to see him pitch, really, but <laughs> that, big, oh, that big body up there. I love the celebrity softball game. It's so much. It's on what? After the derby? Tomorrow night? I can't wait. Um, it's after. I always think it's before, but yeah, you're right. It's no, after. It looks like it's before because they tape it the day before. Right, right, right. And it's like but bright day and everything. It's bright and like midday. Like people take off work to go see it because right. it's like the middle of the day. Um, but it's always fun. Vladimir Guerrero was in it last year, too. And he just crushed the ball because he's a free swigger and that's what you need to do for softball. So he just put it. He almost hit it out of, like, the actual stadium last year. Um, and that's hard to do because those softballs don't travel that far. So um, He could probably still play. <laughs> oh, he probably, he, could probably, he probably still – if you let him DH, he could still play in the league, definitely. I'm sure. He could definitely still get up there and hack like he used to before. That would be fun to watch. Um, but there's your Red Sox news. And, of course, that's brought to you by our good friends at SeatGeek. And we love our friends at Seeky. Don't forget, put that code RSB in there for your $20 uh, rebate on your ticket purchase. Um, and before we get out of here, obviously, we want to do the predictions, which we'll get to. Um, but we do want to talk about a few MLB headlines first. Guys, Steven Strasburg is 12-0. and I love it. I love everything about this because there was so much, there's always so much doubt around him. And I know he's at the Tommy John and he's had some, some issues just trying to come back and stay healthy. I think he's 100, like 110% healthy. He's just so dominant. He's so good, and I'm so excited to see him just absolutely dominating. I've always loved this guy. You know, it's funny, though, because, like, even this year he's had a couple things where he's missed a start here and there, like a, like a, a strain or tightness or, you know, something like that, and I'm always like, oh, here we go again, and then he comes back the next start and dominates again. So he's actually, like, not letting the injuries bother him, finally. Yeah, it's nice to see. That's for sure. And I just now we have to look at it and go, can he stay healthy the rest of the way? Because I think he, he's the, a key part of that team, of course, for the Nationals. So intriguing to see. But I know Lauren was very happy to see that he was twelve and zero, and very excited that we were going to talk about him because look, he's a key cog to that team, and he him being healthy could mean them finally getting over the hump, which is just awesome. Like you know, the Nationals are so. Yeah, and they're so good every year, and then they just kind of fall off. We saw that last year when, you know, Papelbon and Harper going at each other's throats, and then they just kind of fall off the map and just, I don't know, the team just kind of falls apart. And I really think, you know, Strasburg being so dominant and just really kind of maybe he's that glue to hold the team together. As cliche as that sounds, maybe he's what's been just kind of missing is that, like, solid dominant pitcher. Yeah, I'm rooting hard for the Nationals. I love Bryce Harper, guys. I know yeah. Jess, you might meh about him, but um, I love Bryce Harper, so I want him to win. I want him to hold a trophy. Um, and if my Red Sox can't do it and my Cubbies don't do it, then by all means, let it be Whoa. Bryce Harper. Wait, hold on. You're jumping off the Cubs bandwagon already. I said if my Cubbies <laughs> don't do it. Oh, you're getting scared if, because they're not playing so well now, aren't you? No, I think they're still going to win. Oh, I'm saying yeah. I'm rooting for Bryce Harper to win it if the Cubs don't by chance. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, you don't want Bryce, I would love to see Bryce Harper win a World oh, Series and throw it back in the face of all of his haters, including yourself. Um, and I, if they win, I will rock some T-shirt that says like Bryce Harper Championship. I'm sure something will come out. <laughs> <in the future. laughs> Bryce Harper Champion. I don't, I don't, 
I don't know if it's gonna like, be that shirt. Out there. I will. You know he'll probably make that shirt. No, you're gonna uh, make that good. shirt. Maybe no. Only if Xander wins a World Series, then again, then I will make it uh, because he didn't really mean too much on the 13 team that got lucky in the first place. Next World Series that Xander's part of, I will make a T-shirt. So this year, very cool. Yeah, see, exactly. According to Lauren, maybe. Um, I, if the Red Sox win the World Series, I will personally like buy you that that shirt, Jared. Will you? I, whatever you want, I will. I will buy it for you. Whatever I want. Oh, okay. I'm gonna hold you to that. Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever like you want. <laughs> it's like me this last like year offering all these tickets. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, yeah, I'll buy all these playoff tickets if we uh, get in the playoffs, guys. <laughs> Didn't happen, thank God. Um, one other thing that I did want to touch about too, because um. The home run derby is a huge part of this. Um, I want you guys to pick a winner. The lineup is Mark Trumbo, Todd Frazier, Adam Duvall, uh, Robinson Cano, Giancarlo Stanton, Will Myers, Gar- Carlos Gonzalez, and Corey Seager. Um, I want you guys to tell me who's going to win. I am so torn between Stanton and Frazier. And I don't know. I'm so stuck between the two. I think I'm just going to go with Stanton. Frazier won last year, right? He did. Yes. Yeah. In Cincy, which is awesome. I could go for that again, and I want to, but you know what? I'm going to go with the man with the most home runs in the majors right now because he's ripping up the, the year uh, this year, Mark Trumbo. He's got 28 homers. I'm going to go with him. See, I haven't looked at the bracket yet, so I don't know who this guy's going up against first, but I'm going Corey Seager. Wow. Um, Ooh. I would love to see this guy win the chance. I'm, I'm actually going to look up the bracket, but I would love to see him sneak out this championship for the home run derby um i love his swing i think he's got the power to do it um obviously getting served meatballs helps so um yeah i, I think he's definitely going to be the one to uh, pull this out uh, he's got plenty of years to win it he's, he's hit the least home runs of anyone in this group no way if i don't if it's not him i hope it's robbie cano because i do sneaky love robbie cano well, okay he's not even on the yankees, Ever forget the yankees connection no no Okay, but he's a good player, and he's actually happy he picked it up because it was really unfortunate that he went to Seattle and just sucked. Eh. Mark Trumbo yeah. all the way. Um, obviously, updated standings um, at the break for the major leagues. Orioles are leading their division. Indians, my pick, whoo, leading their division. Uh, Rangers up top, Nationals, Cubs, Giants, um, and Giants have the best record in the majors. Guys, <laughs> Giants are the even year. I hate this. I hate to bring it up, but it's so funny that it really does work out like that. Wait, I think somebody predicted them to win the World Series this year. Who was that? Oh, right. That was me. Ah, okay. Feeling pretty good. I mean, it's the, you weren't really bold. It was no, the even I, year. Like, you guys didn't pick it. What, I mean, come on. No, I picked the Cubs. Yeah, Giants. At least I picked a realistic option, Miss Red Sox over there. Hey, that's, that's, that's realistic. How is that not realistic? They're, they're not, it's not like they're... 49 and 38. What do you want? To have a good pitching career. Yeah, I feel like secretly you're not a Red Sox fan. You're so negative oh, all am. the time. Like, what is wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> I know I know a lot of my friends who are Red Sox fans who are negative. They're so. sitting here with a 49 and 38 record, and you're calling it not realistic. Come on. Because they're not going to beat the Rangers in, a, in the, the seven-game series. They're not going to beat do you the Giants that? in the World Series. They're not going to beat the Cubs. Where, yeah, where's, like, this, where's your their pitching staff? Their pitching staff, well, the stats of the, the entire pitching rotation, and there's not built to last their entire play. I mean, they're not going to make. They probably won't even make it out of a wild card game. Wait, aren't I the one who's good at predictions? Isn't that? Do you think they're, they're going to? You didn't pick in the World. You picked the Giants to win the World Series. I picked the Red Sox to go to the ALCS in like Game Seven. Pretty darn close. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, but you know everything. You, you've already, I'll believe. I'll, you've already. Got I'll believe it when I see season, it. So let's go with it. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Which is fine, but don't say it's not realistic when they have they've won almost fifty games halfway through the season. Like 
Oh, I I wish I could just like jump through this and like shake your face. Yeah, like I you want to like, slap me across too. the face right now. Like you guys just want to slap me across yeah, the face right now. Absolutely. Kind of. I I love getting you guys all riled up. <laughs> it's great. Um, that being said, guys, let's predict some stuff. Let's predict some more stuff. Um, let's go pick him to get swept. <laughs> I'm not actually. Maybe I will. Huh. Yeah, um, wait, me. The apparently World Series favorite Red Sox are playing three against the New York Yankees this week. Um, I have them winning two out of three games against the lovely New York Yankees. Um, something's going to happen. They won't. They won't sweep them. But um, they, they're looking a little better. The offense is back, and that's why I believe they'll win two. One of these games, they're going to win by like with like 15 runs. I feel like that their offense is actually clicking again. So that's nice to see. Yeah, I've got two out of three. Also, uh, sweeps are tough. Um, I predicted the, the Rays sweep, so I don't want to get too fancy with two sweeps in a row. But I'm feeling pretty good about it. I wouldn't be surprised at the sweep, but I will definitely take two out of three in New York. Um, I'm going sweep, so um, Jess and I you know, taunted Jared a little bit about this you know, two minutes ago. I think with the rest that this team's having for the, from the All-Star break, they're going to come back just well-rested, ready to go, and I just think it's going to especially how they ended the first half of the season, just kind of, they're going to build off that. They're just going to be confident and they're just, they're going to sweep the Yankees. And you That'd guys, seven game winning streak. That'd be awesome. And we can, we'll have fun next week talking about the sweep. Lauren, what are you going to do about baseball for a few days? You know, I was talking about this earlier. I don't, there's no Red Sox baseball until Friday, but at least I have the Derby and I have the all-star game Monday and Tuesday. So it's really just, and Wednesday, I'm I'm going out Wednesday night for fireworks. So it's really just Thursday I kind of have to deal with. Guys, you missed you missed the fireworks. They're they're on July fourth. No, there's fireworks <laughs> every Wednesday at Hampton. Oh, jeez. And Lauren, don't forget you'll be writing your uh, your uh, answers to your midseason piece also. I am so excited for this midseason piece. Which I want everyone to get excited for because Lauren has a fantastic idea. I'm giving you credit because it was your idea. Thank um, you. Thank <laughs> to, to do a. Uh, a mid-season piece, just everyone on our staff, uh, our Red Sox staff, answering some different questions on the uh, first half of the season, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, MVP for the first half, all those categories. So make sure you look for that. It will be up under my name with everyone's answers on Wednesday afternoon. So make sure you check that out. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. We're going to revisit our old uh, bold predictions at the beginning of the season. So Lauren can brag a little bit about uh Can I make a prediction yeah, about this? Um, you guys might think it's going to go wrong, but I'm predicting that her MVP is going to be Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. I know she, I know she can't answer me because she wants it to be a surprise, and I won't make you answer me. But that's my prediction. I believe you're going to say Mookie Betts is going to be the MVP of the first half of the season. Jess, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say Clay Buckles because <laughs> oh, definitely, I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm I think MVP, but hey, <laughs> I think you're going to go David Ortiz. But Erod. I think you're going to throw David Ortiz. Uh, that's my prediction. I like to go with the non-obvious thing, so I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't happen. I would either, but I just, I'm going with the obvious one because I just feel like you're going to go through it and go, you know what? It's his last season. I'm going to give it to David Ortiz. Um, <laughs> Fine on a Wednesday. But, Lauren, I want to mention we'll, quickly before uh, we won't be talking about a sweep on Sunday because we're doing the show before the game. Uh, we'll be talking about a potential sweep on Sunday. <laughs> we'll be talking about when they sweep on Sunday night. <laughs> the other thing that I do want to say that we can brag about Jess is that Clay Buckles has still not gone on the DL and we are halfway yes. through the season. <laughs> we We're the only ones who said that. Yeah. <sighs> I hate that it hasn't mm. happened either. And and honestly guys, I and I and I believe I blame Clay Buckles for him not going on the DL because early in the year he said I was completely healthy, that he was completely healthy in a press conference. And 
that is why he's not on the deal. I'm pretty convinced of that still. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember that, but like back way back when, early in the year, he's like, no, I'm completely healthy. I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I just got to pitch better. Um, and after that, that was, but that would have been a perfect time for a deal, a phantom deal played by Colston, and it didn't happen because he said he was healthy. So, um, because the Red Sox don't like it to be obvious that they do this, even though they do it all the time. Um, so if he put, they put him on the DL after he said he was healthy, then all, all craziness would have broke loose. So. Yeah, well, either way, we're both right, and we're going to continue to be right, especially if he doesn't pitch. He's definitely going to go on the DL if he doesn't pitch. <laughs> That's very true. I'd rather him just not pitch at this point. Just put him on the other t- Honestly, just DFA him and, and put us out of our misery. But No, we need a full um, season of him to not go on the DL for us to be right. So, But if DFAing happens, it's not wrong. True. But it's not totally right either. He didn't go, he didn't go to the DL. That's all that matters. If he, if he sits home on his couch for the next two months, you, you didn't go on the DL. So you're still right. Another episode of Red Sox Beat, of course, brought to you by Blue Apron and Tiki. And of course, we're, we are our big friends of both of them, and we are continuing success using both of them. I know Lauren loves using them to get her seats for Red Sox games as well. Um, and we'll continue to use that. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Red Sox Beat Podcast as well as Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat. Follow us, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. The biggest thing you can do for us is get that name out there on iTunes. Um, another week in the books. Obviously, enjoy the All-Star festivities. Enjoy everything that comes with the Home Run Derby. I might even do a little Facebook Live while watching the Home Run Derby so you can see me go crazy, maybe for the celebrity softball game. Who knows? We're going to, we're going to start going crazy with more social media, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but until next week, for Lauren Campbell, Jess Thomas, and myself, uh, we'll be back next week. This is Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.